You're listening to All the King's Men, the official podcast of the Los Angeles Kings. However, the views and opinions expressed are solely those of the host and other contributors. They do not necessarily represent those of the Los Angeles Kings. Now, here's your host, Jesse Cohen. Welcome back, Kings fans. My name is Jesse Cohen. This is All the King's Men. It is Father's Day, and I am, in fact, here with my father. Happy Father's Day, Dan. Well, thank you very much, Jesse. And to all the Kings fans. Yeah. Uh, not only is it Father's Day, but it's also the day we finally found out who's protected for the Golden Knights expansion draft and who is not. So, Dad, what did you think, real quick, of the final list? Uh, I wouldn't have made that list myself. It's fine. Sure. I before the list came out, I said to you that I would have, I would have left unprotected both Martinez and Muzzin, <laughs> letting the Vegas Knights take either one of them, and then protected Lewis. Uh, and Dowd, and I can't remember the numbers, and and maybe Clifford, right? In other words, here's a team that can't score, who is protecting two defensemen. I love them both. It's not like, oh, I don't like them. I do. They did have off years, and they're both older, and what we need is uh, offense, and I think it'll be a shame to lose Lewis. Frankly, I'm not sure I wouldn't even protect Brown over Clifford. Oh, and that's controversial. But that's sort of what I think. I'm, I'm kind of surprised that, and I like Forbert, but basically what they're saying is we're going to protect Forbert over Lewis, uh, Brown, Clifford, and Dowd. And that does, eh, I'm fascinated. Yeah. Well, yeah. I have heard you say that you'd leave both of the, the M&M yeah. brothers unprotected. And as I've said before, with all due respect, that's just bad asset management. <laughs> <laughs> At any rate... Uh, happy Father's Day one more time. Now here is L.A. Kings insider John Rosen to break down the uh, expansion draft even more. Happy Father's Day, Kings fans. Joining me today, which is, of course, Father's Day, a father himself, L.A. Kings insider John Rosen. How are you doing today, John? Awesome. It was actually, I actually liked the 30-minute delay that we had before all the player-protected lists came out because I basically was just sitting in front of my computer with my daughter, and we were watching funny doggy baby videos on YouTube. So that was, that's been the highlight of the day so far. Well, from my father and me, happy Father's Day to you, John, and to all of uh, the Kings fans out there who are fathers or have fathers. So let's get right into it. The NHL released the expansion draft protected list for all 30 teams. Let's focus on the Kings first. John, we knew it was going to happen, but it's finally been confirmed. Who did the Kings protect? Um, As has been basically set in stone for the better part of the last six months, uh, the Kings have selected uh, the eight skaters and one uh, goaltender route. They protected Jonathan Quick, Anja Kopitar, uh, Tyler Toffoli, Tanner Pearson, Jeff Carter, Derek Forbert, uh, Drew Doughty, Jake Muzzin, and Alec Martinez. Uh, The Kings will be one of the teams where where there's just – they're not going to be one of the most interesting teams in the lead up to the expansion draft. This was more or less what had been projected, expected uh, ever since, you know, we really all started kind of putting our expansion draft prep together. Um, You know, I I remember the only question was, was because there had been the change um, atop the Kings organizational structure, whether that would affect whether the Kings had, you know, certain ideas or slots for certain players, whether opinions evolved. Um, but I had this conversation with Dean Lombardi. Uh, you know, I remember back in Dallas, right before the uh, um, uh, Christmas break, when we were talking expansion draft. Um, and he said to me back then, 
as we were talking. At that point, the only question, you know, was it going to be Forbert? Was it going to be McNabb? Was there going to be a way that the Kings would be able to go 7-3-1? And he said at that time, you know, that Derek Forbert had played his way into protection and that that's an asset the Kings absolutely would have to protect. Um, So that became pretty clear back then about six months ago. Um, So it's been mostly quiet since then. Um, But the Kings will lose a player. It it will probably be some player that will hurt the team in some facet. These are all NHL players. It's not good to lose any particular players. Depth will be affected, potentially center depth. Um, So so the Kings will be stung a little bit, but not, you know, say to the level of the Columbus Blue Jackets or the Anaheim Ducks or maybe uh, the Minnesota Wild or the Penguins or some other teams. So uh, L.A. should have a relatively quiet week. Um, they should talk again with Vegas uh, a- as we get a little bit closer to Wednesday. But as of uh, Saturday, and I believe that's still the case here this Sunday, uh, they were quiet. There hadn't been any deals at this time worked out with the Golden Knights. The Golden Knights released a press release yesterday saying that they intended to speak to all 30 teams and that every team had would have the opportunity to maintain the roster that they wanted. It was it was almost like a like a like a bribery um, situation. So you're saying there's a, there's no indication that the Kings will look to trade a, a future draft pick or something in order to to. No, I didn't say that. I said that at this point there's nothing that had been said in sure, stone that sure. they hadn't reached an agreement. This the Kings will absolutely try to should they get that you know enough time with Vegas's ear to try and channel them away from particular players. I look at Nick Dowd as a player that would be particularly problematic if the Kings lost him. I think he's one of the most likely players at this juncture right now to be selected by the Golden Knights. Uh, you look at Nick Dowd, he's a very inexpensive piece on this Kings roster, $640,000 uh, cap hit. Um, he is a UFA going into next in the 2018-19 season. But then again, that's also something that's enticing for Vegas just because you can't trade players, especially centers, and get draft picks in return for them come uh, the trading deadline. So Nick Dowd, somebody who's a very good playmaker, somebody to the Kings, you know, they're going to have a focus. They need to create a little bit of offense. Not a little bit. They need to create offense. And he's a player who can get the puck into dangerous areas, can distribute, hangs onto the puck well in the offensive zone. What he provides is what the Kings need, um, and at a very palatable, you know, very cheap cap hit, he's somebody that could provide production at a very low cost. So that would probably be among the probably worst-case scenarios if the Kings lost out. But again, uh, at this point, it really seems like they might just lose a player, move on, and that's that. Um, but that, that that would be difficult. Other players that the Kings could potentially lose, you could look at a Trevor Lewis, um, Braden McNabb. I think there would be a chance that Vegas would negotiate with Nick Shore during this uh, window right now. Shore at 17 points, primarily as a fourth-line center this past year. That's not a bad season. That's exactly what he's being paid to do. He hasn't yet shown that he can be much more than a fourth-line center. Um, but you get success. You find that success in the National Hockey League by building from the back out. Um, so it's going to be very interesting to see um, how, how Vegas is able to piece its team together, uh, given that... There's not a who's who of top quality centers available, but there are still some very uh, interesting players that could be selected. And there's a bunch of players, you know, there are teams like Anaheim who, because they had players with no move contracts, they were sort of forced into uh, four defensemen, four forwards, or or three defensemen, four four seven forwards, depending on the the contract distribution. There are plenty of players that are. 
as you said, they're not a who's who, but they're definitely top six players um, at any position. I know the Islanders protected five defensemen, which leaves you know a, a wealth of forwards from their team. Ed, uh, Anaheim, obviously, a team that we mentioned with lots of forwards. Was there any name that leapt out to you uh, as being particularly enticing and almost an, you know a no brainer for the for the Vegas team to take? Well, it's going to be interesting because we don't know about the negotiations between sure. those particular teams to channel them to or away particular players. While everybody uh, I've been reading has been speculating, well, Sami Vatanen might be available. What, what you know? What would Anaheim have to do to protect Vatanen? You know, the way that it stands right now, this Anaheim Ducks team is uh, not able to protect Josh Manson. Um, anybody who has watched the Kings Ducks games over the last several years knows how hard as nails of a young defenseman Josh Manson is. That is an absolutely upwards trending, very good young defenseman that would be the type of player that could represent excellent value for the Vegas Golden Knights. That's a player that I'm going to be very interested in in watching. And as we've said so many times, you know, on this podcast, the Anaheim Ducks are going to be one of the more interesting teams to watch because of players like Kevin Bieksa who have those no movement contracts and, and the limited flexibility um, that Bob Murray has. Um, you know, I, I look around the league. There, there are a couple of other interesting names. Minnesota is going to be another team that uh, I believe following Mike Russo, and, and I haven't seen his blog post today just because everything's coming out right now. Um, I don't believe at this point they had a deal worked out uh, with Vegas, but those are going to be that's going to be another interesting team to watch because there are, there are good defensemen available. Uh, Marco Scandella, Jonas Brodin was protected. Uh, Matt Dumba is there as well. Um, they also have Eric Stahl, uh, who was uh, not protected, has two more years at $3.5 million. So, you know, when, when you look at having to build through centers, that's going to be a very, very interesting name. Um, looking at, um, you know, other other interesting centers, you know, Yori Lettera of the St. Louis Blues, $4.7 million for two more years. That's probably a little bit too expensive uh, for somebody who had seven goals and 22 points in 64 games. Um, Nick Bonino, an unrestricted free agent. Um, Colton Sissons, $625,000, had a great uh, postseason with the Nashville Predators. He's a center. Of course, Nashville also was able to protect James Neal. Vegas is going to need offense. Neal could provide that. So Nashville, an interesting team to watch. Uh, and then a couple other UFAs, Martin Hansel, uh, Mike Fisher. Um, I think another very good center that is going to be worth really monitoring is Cody Eakin of the Dallas Stars. Uh, he's also somebody that that could provide that good, you know, maybe ideally as a third-line center, but for an expansion team, could provide some offense, gets up and down the ice very well as a second-line center. So those are some of the guys that, that are going to be interesting. Columbus, another team that uh, as Aaron Portsline and some very good reporting already like is that they'll worked out with um, with the Vegas Golden Knights in which they could potentially be trading a first-round draft pick as well as Ryan Murray, the second pick overall in the 2012 NHL draft. Uh, or I should say a, a first-round draft pick so that they could channel Ryan Murray among several other players that would be made available for expansion uh, with the Golden Knights also Arkson's uh, cap hit in return. So it's it's interesting. It's going to be a, a lot of interesting jockeying, uh, but for the most part, most of the drama is going to be taking part in uh, cities outside of Los Angeles. And lest anybody think that it's not complicated enough, uh, the Golden Knights are required to draft 14 forwards, 9 defensemen, and 3 goaltenders, uh, meaning that they have m- more than enough players to fill out a full roster. 
and then presumably they could assign the excess players to their minor league team. But as you mentioned, uh, they're free to make deals. I imagine they'll be making plenty of trades um, with the intent of then trading the excess players back to different teams for draft picks. Um, What have you heard about the possibility of Vegas just hoarding draft picks for the next year? Well, that's that's going to be very interesting because they have a number of ways in which they'll be able to accumulate draft picks. And everything that I've been hearing from the Kings is that they're going to come away with a real surplus year and that they're going to be staggering them between the 2017, 2018, maybe even the 2019 NHL drafts. Um, the goalie market is going to be particularly fascinating. You know, I, I, I'm curious to see is how it affects a team like Arizona, which will be a rival of the Vegas Golden Knights, given that Arizona traded away Mike Smith back on Saturday. So um, they're going to potentially be in need of a goaltender. Um, and now you see players like Roberto Luongo, who has a good big cap hit, yeah. uh, would potentially be available. Um, you know, like Mark andre Fleury uh, is projected to be going to Vegas. But there are some other interesting names. Auntie Ranta is one of them. Um, Philip Grubauer, when I was speaking with Kings Hockey Operations about two weeks ago, uh, you know, I think they felt at that time Grubauer was a pretty decent bet to end up uh, in Vegas as well. So um, it's going to be interesting. They can, you know, opt to, to take, you know, three starting goaltenders and then they have the ability again to be able to command additional draft picks. They're going to come away with additional first-round draft picks. I mean, if you're the Vegas Golden Knights, you don't have to throw a lifeline to some of these teams, especially divisional rivals like Anaheim, Mm -hmm. that have too many no-movement clauses. So uh, it's going to be very interesting. And again, uh, the trade freeze uh, goes on now through Thursday morning. Um, The only teams allowed to make trades, the only team allowed to make trades at that time is Vegas with the other 30 teams. Um, so I, again, I'm not anticipating much going on with the Kings. It's potential. Yes, they could channel them to, to take somebody or avoid somebody, but the biggest trades I, I think will ultimately happen once that is lifted. And we should see some pretty good movement across the league this coming Thursday and Friday. It's, I mean, this whole week has sort of given me a sense of the show before the show, because obviously the lists have come out now. Obviously, we know which players are available to Vegas to build around, but as we as you've just laid out, they have the they have four or five days to be the only uh, shop open. Um, they can speak to all thirty teams, and I have a sneaking suspicion that the team that's draft or the the thirty players that they take won't be the thirty players they wind up with. I mean, I know that's a relatively simple statement, but yeah. I, I think yes. the next yeah, week that's correct. Yeah. The, the next week or two weeks and then heading into free agency, you know, we've been saying it all year, I really think the league is going to look much more different than it does in any given off, uh, off season. Um, and I think Vegas has an opportunity to be a lot better than I think most people think. I mean, obviously we won't know until the roster's settled, but he certainly, the owner fully certainly got... Uh, got a much better hand dealt to him than say the predators or, or the wild in the, in the last round of expansion. Would you say that? And teams like the predators, by the way, were seen as having, you know, some of one of the better expansion drafts uh, in recent history, even the wild as well. Those were, you know, the, the wild, you know, fairly quickly were able to make it to a conference championship. Uh, I believe when they lost to Anaheim, mm-hmm. or would that been back in 2003? Yep. Um, you, you know, uh, 
Yeah, they're going to be set up well. I'm confused, not confused, I'm you know skeptical that they're going to be able to score a ton of goals, but there are going to be some very good defensemen available for them. And that's that's going to be the strength of that team. They'll, they'll be able to probably field a pretty good back end, and that's why I'm more hesitant uh, to expect someone like Braden McNabb to be selected from Los Angeles. I think if you did this draft in, in uh, you know, in the first half of this past season, even when McNabb was injured, I thought he would have been the most likely player to be selected from L.A. Uh, but now when, when you see that potentially someone like Josh Madsen or, or somebody, you know, on the back end, uh, you know, the, the names like that Minnesota has, a Dumba or a Scandella, there are going to be Ryan Murray even from Columbus, who had been very good when he's been healthy. You know, there have been players available um, uh, that should be able to fill out a pretty decent back end. Their goaltending should be fine. Marc-Andre Fleury. I'm confused, though, again. I'm not sure where they're going to be able to find that scoring. You know, I I believe there was some scuttlebutt earlier this morning that that Vegas from Philadelphia could take a look at at, at former King Jordan Wheel, uh, who they would be able to negotiate right now as as an unrestricted free agent. Um, But the scoring is going to be tough. They'll be able to get guys that will be able to fill roles and will be hustlers. and, And even though it's an expansion team, Every expansion team that I hear, and I learned this from Jack Ferreira, they're still that kind of us against the world. We're the unwanted. Other teams didn't want us. They rally around each other. And it's always that sort of dynamic that first year. So, of course, you can say that to the first two years of the San Jose Sharks, which were not exactly, you know. uh, a much different league. (laughs) You know, it's funny. Uh, The Senators, the first year of stuff. I loved Peter Sidorkowitz. But, um, you know, it's funny, speaking to Sean O'Donnell this past year and hearing him talk about his experience being selected in the expansion draft, and even though he's moved on, right, like I didn't get the sense that there was any bitterness, obviously, but he expressed exactly what you're saying, which is the notion that, you know, we're the team of of misfits, we're the team, you know, made up of players that our original teams was willing to... uh, to leave unprotected. The, the one thing that I think sort of caught me off guard the most looking through this list is how many former Kings names I see among the unprotected. There's Thomas Hickey, Colin Miller, uh, Barube, obviously Dwight King, um, a few other names. I mean, obviously that's just a function of, of the Kings shedding players as they, you know, as they moved on in their cup winning era. But uh, I, I don't know. That just caught me by surprise. Now, one last issue before I let you go, John, and that is there's a bunch of high-profile names that I, I certainly don't expect to see taken by Vegas, but I was just a little bit surprised to see names like Joe Thornton, Shane Doan, Patrick Marlowe, etc., guys at the at the tail end of their careers but who can still contribute unprotected. Um, like I said, I, I'm i assuming they'll... Yeah, you know, it, you got to keep in mind, though, too. It's got to be a two-way street. There's got to be – for those players like that, there has to be an interest to re, to sign in Vegas. Right. I would – I don't know Joe Thornton very well. I'd be very skeptical to think that he would have any interest in signing there. Um, you know, it's not a draft for him. He would have to negotiate right. contract. I'm going along a little bit with Kevin Kurz and, and Curtis Pichelka are, are writing up in, in San Jose. Um, but I, I would imagine a short-term deal – I think that's the most likely scenario between Thornton and the Sharks. Um, you know, as it relates to the Kings, going back just a little bit, um, you know, I, I get the mentions. And, you know, you know, there there are certain fans that might not understand the structure of the draft, why this player was protected, why this player wasn't protected. But for those complaining about someone like Jake Muzzin being protected, 
Kings fans, <laughs> regardless of what Jake was this past season, he had a poor season. He knows that. The coaching staff knows that. The front office knows that. Jake Muzzin is also still, you know, relatively young. He's under 30 years old. He has a palatable contract, $4 million draft hit per season, $4 million cap hit per season. This is still a player, even hypothetically, if, you, if you're considering a trade, you'd still be able to get a good deal in return exactly. for Jake Muzzin. You don't leave him unprotected. If I actually have to, like, explain this. We've been talking about this all year. So, uh, like, again, looking back at this Kings draft, uh, this Kings protected list, we all knew that it was going to be the 8-1 and one route going back a long time, probably about the last six months or so. There are no real surprises here, Kings fans. Um, you know, when the Washington Post had, had contacted us earlier, you know, two weeks ago to, to come up with the protected list that we were expecting, you know, this was what we put out. And I had, I had chosen... Lewis or or uh, Nick Dowd as being the most likely players to be uh, selected. I don't know if you can hear that, by the way. That's my baby daughter hanging <laughs> on it. I, I, can we bring Rocky in? Yeah, of course. I want to bring Rocky. Rocky, sure. can make her debut. Here's a, here's a baby girl who wants to join the podcast. What do you see? No. You want to see some doggies on the, on the TV? Raquel, can you say hi? Can you say hi? Join the podcast, your baby girl? Oh, she's got a little stage fright here. Dad, dad. Dad, dad. Oh, we I heard. think I think this might be it. I think it's almost time for some Father's Day stuff here. Uh, all right, well, we'll let you go, John. I want to see if we can get Raquel to have the last word here. Oh, what well, you see here, we baby heard her girl. When you, when you, oh, there we go. <laughs> oh, there's a doggy. There's a little doggy. <laughs> so happy Father's Day to you, John. Oh, there we go. There's another one. Uh, happy Father's Day uh, to all the fathers listening. Please do continue to follow John as he covers uh, not only the expansion draft, but also the entry draft from Chicago later this week. Right, John? Yeah, yeah, we'll be there. And again, Jesse will be in Las Vegas, too. And we'll have wonderful coverage coming up this uh, this coming week from both Las Vegas as well as the, the draft. We'll all be there. So uh, a busy week and a fun week. And, and thank you for having me on today again, Jesse, too. Fun times. Pleasure as always. All right. For John Rosen, my name is Jesse Cohen. Thanks for listening, Kings fans, and happy Father's Day. We will talk to you soon.